Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we've got a wild one. Let me tell you, we are talking about Project Wolf Hunting. And this movie just kind of came out of nowhere for me, but is uh, absolutely insane. And I had a really fun time talking about it with Harris Dang from the AU Review and uh yeah we got a lot of great puzzle pieces to get into in this one so that is coming up here in a second before we get to it i do want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts you can also follow us on social media at piecing pod and join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show also We do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, as well as Awesome Movie Year, which is another awesome movie podcast that I produce, and from my music career, so lots of great stuff over there. It's patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. Check it out. So, with all that said, let's talk about Project Wolf Hunting. All right, this is going to be a wild one, I think. We're going to talk about Project Wolf Hunting, and with me today is Harris Dang. Harris, how's it going? I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, we'll get into the movie more in a minute, but like, I watched this movie last week after being sent to a screener. I, I had seen some like rumblings about it being nuts and everything, you know, uh, online, and uh, I... I I watched it and then we talked and and we decided we're going to do this episode and here I am tonight like a week later and I'm just thinking like this movie is such like a fever dream like am I imagining some of the things that happened in this it's like man what 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 a week like like just letting this thing ruminate but you know what before we get too deep into it it is your first time on the podcast uh tell my listeners a little about you and what you do oh well uh basically I'm a food critic from Australia I'm from Sydney I basically started off being film critic like back in like 2015. Started off with a little blog and uh, I wrote for websites like uh, V Cinema and Eastern Kicks, uh, which are based uh, outside of Australia that um, specialize in Asian cinema. And uh, from mm-hmm. there, uh, started writing in Australia, known as the AU Review. And uh, here I am, <laughs> basically. Right yeah. on. Mm. 
Right on. Yeah. I, I, you know, as with many people in the world of film criticism, I'm not, I'm not quite sure exactly at what point, you know, we started following each other, but I always enjoy your, uh, your reviews. So I, I'm happy to have you here on the show today. Did, did you see this at one of the uh, festival screenings or something? Cause I know it, it's been making a lot of noise. Uh, no, I saw it as a screener as well because um, it was released in Australian cinemas back in like September or October. So, um, okay. I, w I wish I would have seen it in the cinema. I saw it on screen myself, but even at, I'm watching it in my own home, it was just a wild ride. I, it just yeah. blew me away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I watched this at like 9 a.m. and it's like, man, that's a, that's a wake-up call. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do hope when, when we're recording this here, here in the United States, it hasn't been released yet at, at this time. And mm. I don't think it's really going to get much of any kind of uh, you know, if anything, a limited release or something like that, but mm. it will be, you know, uh, on streaming soon. Uh, and I'm sure this is going to be like, kind of like a cult classic going forward. I, it just seems like it's gotta be, but, um, you know, we'll get into more about what is so nuts about this movie as we're like moving through, uh, our puzzle pieces and all that. I, I gotta say my puzzle pieces list is like all over the place, but, um, <laughs> what do you have for your first puzzle piece here? What do you think might've inspired project wolf hunting? Well, one of them would be a film called Men Behind the Sun, which is essentially a 80s Hong Kong exploitation movie. It's about a supposed document about uh, the atrocities that the Japanese have done on the Chinese in supposed of war experiments. And mm -hmm. in... Project Wolf Hunting, basically in the second act, there is a turn that involves experimentation. And when, sure. and when I saw that moment, I, I couldn't believe it because I wasn't expecting the film to even go into an exploitation type of edge. Because like, yeah. in the early trailers, it basically hinted that, oh, there's cops, there's prisoners on a ship, violence ensues, that's basically it. Like basically the story yeah. turns in the second or third act. I just did not expect that at all. And the film Men Behind the Sun came up in my mind when I watched the movie and I wasn't expecting that at all. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that, but it sounds great. And it sounds, yeah, like to, to kind of use that historical background and then shit goes crazy from there. Like it's definitely an interesting kind of setup. Uh, and, and something where you're just really going to have no idea where it's headed until, you know, you're just like deep into it all and into all the insanity. Um, I, I will have a lot of, uh, you know, those kinds of things along the way. But I'm going to start for my first puzzle piece here with, I think, like the... The bare bones setup until you see a guy covered with maggots, uh, you, you know, crawling out of his face or whatever it was like, you, you don't know that, like you said, anything else is, is going on on this boat. You just know that there, there's a whole bunch of criminals on the boat being transported. And I went with Con Air for my first puzzle piece, which is like the obvious go to, I think, <laughs> um, you know, com convicts being transported against everybody's better judgment. You know that shit's going to hit the fan at some point. And uh, you just don't quite know how. And like, I feel like it, it's like such a fun setup 
for this kind of a movie. And I'm sure there's like so many movies like that. Um, we're, we're recording this the weekend that uh, Plane just came out, uh, the new <laughs> Gerard Butler movie. And uh, spoiler alert, but I'll probably use this puzzle piece again there. But um, even though it's just one criminal, but still. But, uh, you know, just the idea of, of transporting violent criminals, uh, it, that never goes well in these movies. <laughs> Oh, I'm a huge fan of Connie. I love Nicolas Cage and the whole concept of flying prisoners and then like just being in the air at all with prisoners. Yeah. Like, that's just a recipe of disaster. It's just amazing. Yeah. And like, it's kind of, yeah, everyone has been referencing Connie in relation to this. And um, it's like, like you said, it's a very inspired premise and I'm, I'm glad that they went with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, Boats, planes, they're, they're both, you're closed in. You're, you're not going anywhere. Everybody's going to have to deal with each other one way or other. So <laughs> it's, uh, it works out either way. Mm. But uh, what do you got for your next puzzle piece? Uh, the next one that would be um, another Hong Kong movie, actually, called uh, Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. Sure. Where basically uh, ultra-violence is basically the only means of survival. And in the case of Project Wolf Hunty, it kind of feels the same way. And... The violence mm -hmm. in Project Wolf Hunting is so exaggerated and so over the top that it's, it's hard to take seriously, even though the movie doesn't really take a comedic bent. It's right. like, like people's arms just get ripped off and blood geysers just keep spraying. And I think there's one point one person uses a guy's severed arm and beats another guy to death with it. Or, or grabs the guy's like leg and stabs the other guy in the neck it's just the violence is just so extreme that i i my, my eyes were just beaming the entire time and it reminded me yeah. of rikio in a way and, uh, and i never thought i would ever see a film like that especially in this day of age and much like rikio it uses a lot of practical blood as i I didn't. I personally didn't see any CGI blood in the movie. Maybe, maybe it was the screener quality that I didn't notice it. But there was a lot of mm. practical blood in the film itself. Like, like everyone in there was just completely drenched. Every actor, stunt person was just in the 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 torrent of blood and. I adopted the death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they absolutely go for it. And uh, you really got to appreciate that in a movie like this, where they like, they don't shy away from any of the insanity of it. And yeah, Ricky, I haven't seen it in so many years. I need to revisit it one of these days. It's like so over the top, but uh, yeah, you, you kind of have to go straight forward. Otherwise you turn into an evil dead or something like that. You know, if you, mm. if you turn into, and, and don't get me wrong, I love evil dead. I bring it up all the time on this podcast, but um, you know, for for this kind of situation you you kind of want it to 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 be a little bit more straightforward like that and uh yeah that's, that's a great piece right there i'll go with my next piece which um kind of goes along even though i haven't seen that men behind the sun it, it kind of goes along with that except for a uh, much more mainstream like hollywood version of that kind of thing and i'm going with overlord Ooh, uh right. a really ridiculous over-the-top movie <laughs> where uh during world war ii they are uh they're infiltrating a nazi base and yeah. we we think we're gonna get nazi you know war action violence i mean of course we knew if we watched the trailers but you know we think we're gonna get you know just straightforward war violence 
we have no idea that we're heading towards zombies and like insane human experimentation and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Overlord goes completely off the deep end in that direction. Whereas uh, here in Project Wolf Hunting, we're introduced to, uh, we might as well get there right now, this basically unstoppable zombie-like uh, killing machine that has been created uh, during a war, a previous war, and is still being kept alive all these years later and is very pissed off and ready to kill a lot of people. Yeah. What I love about the is that role, um, appropriately named Alpha, the biggest name Alpha yeah. of all things, is that the the actor who plays him, his other role in a film that came out the same year, which is called The Roundup, starring Don Lee, he plays a co comedic role as a police captain in that movie. So imagine my surprise seeing him <laughs> playing this comedic role right here. And in another movie in the same year where he plays this like um, formidable antagonist that is just unstoppable, doesn't say an entire word in the entire movie, and he's just slaughtering everyone. I'm like, this is the same guy? <laughs> That's range right there. <laughs> that is range. That's what you look for in an actor. Absolutely. I love mm. it. <laughs> well, uh, what do you have for your next piece? Uh, the next piece would be uh, a movie called Deep Rising, directed by the, um, the underappreciated Stephen Summers, who went on to make movies, the Mummy movies. And uh, sure. the movie is basically about a bunch of thieves going on a shipping boat ran by rich people, and they don't realize that the, the ship has been overtaken by this giant aquatic creature. Mm. And much like uh, Project Wolf Hunting, you expect the movie to go from one way and then it basically just changes gears into another thing altogether. Like you expect yeah. the Deep Rising to be like a heist movie where they just go in and rob people. And then all of a sudden they go in there, it's, it's like a changing, yeah, like I said, it's a changing gear. The funny thing is, is that I don't want to say it's derivative. Okay, maybe let's say it's derivative. There's, there's, there's no doubt about hmm. it. Yeah, it's a, yeah, fair. It's like a lot of it is like, it's very reverential to genre classics like, you know, alien where basically they, they're drawn into something and then something different happens and uh sure i i enjoyed that feel of uh, project wolf hunting and uh even though the movie lacks originality it makes up for it in surprise like there's sure yeah it's like there's an assurance in the direction where like it there's like a eager to please element in the direction that wants to entertain the audience and i really appreciate that in the case I of I think that's a really good way to put it, like an assurance in the direction, because like th this is a movie that could go like totally into just B movie schlock, and uh, you know they really ride that line, but you know end up coming out on the right side of it to where it's just straight up fun, and uh, yeah, that that's something that's really difficult to pull off. So uh, I I'm gonna go to my next puzzle piece, and and I think this this kind of like fits in there a little bit with that as well. There was a meme going around recently on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and uh, it, it was a picture of RoboCop, and it said something like, dude died and still has to show up for work. And uh, that <laughs> reminded me of poor Alpha, who uh, has just been dead for all these years and, and just being forced to be this permanent soldier that he has no choice about. And it's like, no wonder that he's going to become this crazed killer after like having to do this for so long. He's probably just like, you know, lost every last ounce of soul or, or spirit or whatever you want to call it. Mm. And, uh, you know, he basically is like an evil Robocop in a way. And, um, 
I just rewatched RoboCop last year for like the first time, and it, like it was, it's so good and mm. it's so funny. And again, it rides that line between like schlocky B movie, like uh, satire, and actually just being a straight up great action movie. Mm. Where I feel like that's kind of what Project Wolf Hunting is is doing. It's it's riding that line between like just totally screwing with your expectations, but then also being that. Uh, it's martial arts, it's it's action, it's horror, it's all those things at the same time as it's like messing with all those preconceived notions of those things. Oh, Robocop, the best Jesus movie ever made. That's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> Ridiculous. What do you have for your next piece? It's, I think it'll be Brain Dead by Peter Jackson. Ooh. Yeah, sure. The thing about Brain Dead is that the origins of this movie—it's like it's not an expansive movie. It's like it's it's kind of a small nature movie when you think about it. It's more like uh, how do we let our limitations inspire creativity? Because sure, like in Project Wolf Hunting, ninety percent of the movie is set in a boat. And the ten percent being like being the preparation of getting onto the boat, as well as the flashbacks in the movie. And I like how um, the creativity in allowing, like, how much can we get away with what we can do within such a small nature and or setting? And sure, what I read about um, Project Wolf Hunting is that the amount of blood that they use in the movie is two and a half tons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, okay, of course, that makes perfect sense. Two and a half tons. And it's just so much fun in that sense that it's a visceral, it's a very visceral experience. And what I like is that it doesn't peak. Like it, it gets, keeps going. The momentum just keeps going throughout the two hours because this movie could have sure. easily just been monotonous, like uh, maybe 40 minutes in, but this, yeah. it's just an element of surprise and uh, the momentum and the pacing that keeps, keeps it going. And then also the pure geysers of blood is just amazing. And it reminded me of brain dead in the best of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great piece. Like I, I love, I love that movie so much. One of my favorites. And, um, you know, I think that's part of why I really wanted to cover the movie is because of that, like just leaning in so hard to its premise and just going all the way as far crazy as it could possibly go. Hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I mean that that is definitely a very Peter Jackson spirit of like taking things to the extreme and then just continuing forward from there. And uh yeah, that that's a lot of blood for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh is a great one. Uh I will go with uh I, I've seen a lot of people who have seen this so far making this comparison, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. Um and this again continues with describing our alpha character, but um Jason takes Manhattan meets Jason X. Oh. Uh, you know, he he is an unstoppable killing machine and he is let loose on a ship where uh there's no escaping him. It's not in a city, it's not in a small town, it's not in the woods. It's in this closed in space where there's just no getting away from this guy. I need to catch up on the Jason movie. I've only just watched final chapter just yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm slowly getting into it because I watched the 3D movie in the cinema, by the way, just a few mm -hmm. months ago as well. Nice. So, yeah, and uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, 
that's the one where they basically it's even though the movie is meant to be set in Manhattan, eighty percent of it is on a boat. Is that it? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will say if you just watch the final chapter, it's all downhill from here. But oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But but th these these two these two movies do have their fun moments, though. I mean, they, they all have their fun fun moments. Um, you know, Jason's just such a, a ridiculous character and just filled with so many great kills. I mean, you talked about earlier with 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 Alpha ripping someone's arm off and beating somebody <laughs> with it. I mean. You know, there's just there's so many great kills in the Jason movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Such fun stuff. Well, what do you got for your next piece? I wouldn't say it's necessarily a piece, but it's more along the lines of the films of the uh, Indonesian director Timo Janto, uh, the man who directed movies like uh, Headshot and The Night Comes Before Us. Sure. And yeah, because. His um, portrayal of ultraviolence in his movies are, are so effective in a way that um, he basically just um, goes along the fine line between sheer brutality and voyeurism in the sense that you're, you're enjoying what you're seeing, but you really shouldn't be looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of the violence is reminiscent of that in Project Wolf Hunting as well. And also what I like about Project Wolf Hunting is that it doesn't, it's not afraid to get dirty because mm -hmm. like even not just the blood, but the color scheme of it, as they said in the boat, yeah. it's, it's, very, uh, it's very grimy and, and rustic and just, just yellows and greens everywhere. It's all over in a sense. Like there's a scene in the movie like you said, he's um, covered in maggots. He's lying there. He hasn't woken up yeah. yet. Yeah, it's very like green. I, I honestly thought there was like mushrooms going around at one point. It's just, yeah, it could have been. It could have yeah. been. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like the the violence in there, as well as the the visuals of it. It's it's both like beautifully grimy, you know, and you can't look away. Yeah, you can't, definitely can't look away. Sure. From it. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the night comes for us is one that I was considering for my list. I, I'm glad you uh, you brought it up. Uh, I didn't actually have it on my list, but that that's another thing. Like with Project Wolf Hunting, it feels like perfectly made to be like a uh, like a midnight movie or something like that. Like you can mm. totally picture. We talked about wishing we had seen it with a crowd or something. Like this feels like something if you watched it, mm. you know. Late at night, I actually watched The Night Comes for Us very much under the influence. So I, uh, you know, I don't actually remember all of it. You know, I, I think this would be a good movie for that as well. You know, mm. so <laughs> I will go with another piece. This one might feel a little out of left field, but uh, uh, you know, go with me here. Uh, I'm going to go with The Crow for my Ooh. next puzzle piece. I was thinking about The Crow because of all the bad guys, basically. These bad guys are so comically, ridiculously bad, like irredeemably bad. And I, I rewatched The Crow for the first time in like a decade or something like last mm. year. And that was one of the things that stuck out to me is how bad the bad guys are. Like everyone is just like so just evil. And like you got everything from like the sneering to just beating people to <laughs> killing with zero remorse whatsoever to the, the big head honcho that uh, scene that's sure to be infamous of him uh, getting a blowjob on the phone. Like, like, like all the, like these just bad dudes being bad, bad guys. Like it's just, uh, 
it's hilarious and it's it's very like comic booky like you mm. know in, in a way but it's like it's so over the top that it it like it really just sells just how crazy it all is mm. it's like even though the roles are all one-dimensional like the actors are just like basically given free reign to do what they wanted in their roles sure it's like oh the, the gruff police captains are just 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 look old and really overplay that and the the the, uh, yeah. over, the over eager rookie just like you know just be tenacious at what you do and the prisoners just be as sadistic as we can possibly be and all pretend you have mustaches yeah. you can twirl <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure lots of twirly mustaches in, in theory for sure uh yeah the the main like worst of the bad guys i i can't uh i didn't write down his name but um you know he's got like the neck tattoo and all that yes. stuff like that that dude is just he's so bad like yeah. he's, he's such a bad dude and like he he must be having such a blast playing that role that's all i can imagine he must be having so much fun it's like his resting face is <laughs> basically like in the evil smile like <laughs> absolutely mm. oh man what do you got for your next piece um basically uh under siege with die hard basically um those action movies that are set in one place and in the case of under sure. siege uh, like you said before, like the the villains are so over the top in their villainy, and there's one moment in Project Wolf Hunting with the characters that kind of remind me of Under Siege. There's there's a doctor character and a nurse assistant of that character that is like a promiscuous woman, and it kind of reminded me of um uh the scene in Under Siege where basically a a model just comes out of the birthday cake. And it's sure. it's like you, you see these weird gallery of characters before even the weirdness kind of even starts and on, that's basically the only comedic element in the movie that, that mm. you can easily you can find some amusement in it and it kind of reminded me of under siege in a way and also like die hard basically um alpha you can kind of see alpha as the protagonist in a way because Technically, nice. Alpha didn't do anything wrong, and right, you just woke the darn thing up, and it's like, what? Well, what would you do that for? And now I have to kill everyone. And in Die Hard, you can easily see Hans Gruber as the protagonist in a way, because he has his own, you know, quest to do, and then Bruce Willis just happens to come in and then fuck everything up. So <laughs> in a way, amazing. You, yeah, you can kind of <laughs> see Alpha as the protagonist in a way. It's like, why would you wake me up? I'm on my way somewhere. You just had to ruin everything. I'm I'm thinking of all those hashtag Thanos was right people on on Twitter. <laughs> like to hash, hashtag Alpha was Alpha did nothing wrong. You know that. Uh, yeah, that would definitely work. And uh, yeah, but both great puzzle pieces. I'll throw the raid in there uh, for another action movie, nonstop action in a closed space. You know where nobody can get out. Uh, that just kind of fits right in with both of those. I haven't seen Under Siege in forever. Um, Man, I, I wonder. I wonder how that holds up. I, I maybe haven't seen it since the theater. Uh, wow. Okay. I haven't seen any Seagal films in a long time. So, you know, I, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll revisit some. I don't think it will hold up that well. If anything, it will probably end up being funnier than you remembered. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think that's fair. That that is absolutely fair. You know what? Speak, speaking of. Uh, you know, not necessarily good movies. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw in here two movies combined that I thought of. Uh, recent movies where a superpowered character is let loose on a boat full of criminals 
That is Morbius from last year and Bloodshot from the year before. <laughs> but, but both movies allow our, our super-powered guy to just kill a whole bunch of criminals with you know no remorse no 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 need for like they're they're one-dimensional like we said like they could just all get just taken out one by one and then of course here in uh project alpha because like the mercenaries or whatever come in like we get like a whole fresh fresh batch of people to get killed too so it's <laughs> like you know just letting it letting our uh our our guy just kill everybody on the boat so uh i figured i'd throw those in here as well and they kind of uh they fit in with those last puzzle pieces too of uh you know, uh, action violence in a closed space. So why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, Morbius, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I love the fact about Morbius that some people actually thought that it's Morbius timeline is actually in the film. And I thought, no, it's not. It's completely made up. Don't see it. Just so you want to hear that line. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Twitter doesn't exist outside of Twitter. People need to learn that. That is true. <laughs> that is to, true. It's an important lesson. Mm. <laughs> well, I only have one more puzzle piece. Uh, do you have any more pieces you uh, want to bring up here? There's one left. Uh, Resident Evil is one oh, example. Sure. Uh, maybe because um, the film, in a way, kind of feels like a video game in its plotting. Like... You go from one stage to another stage to another stage. And um, the last Resident Evil game I played is Resident Evil 5. So, you know, don't take on me for this for full credit. But, um, sure, yeah, sure. the, the Vilman Alpha kind of reminds me of Nemesis, in a sense. Like this, this sure. overpowering giant, this, this fearsome figure that is like, you know, is almost unstoppable. And, yeah, it's, it reminds me of Resident Evil as well and just this grisliness and violence. Yeah. yeah. You need some real power-ups to take care of that guy uh, in, in order to get it. The, the movie does feel very, like, video game-like uh, in that way. And it, it feels like a perfect setup. Like, this could this could be, like, a perfect setup for, like, a movie-to-game adaptation or something like that. It would be... Uh, it would be freaking awesome, actually. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to that point, though, of Resident Evil, it's funny you bring that up as your last piece because my last piece, also directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, I, I'm going with uh, Event Horizon hey. to wrap my puzzle pieces up. When we see, like, demon face Sam Neill with, like, the stapled eyes and all that mm. stuff, like, it totally, like, reminds me of Alpha's, you know, creature design or, or however you would call it. And uh, also, again, we're, you know, trapped on a ship, in that case, a spaceship instead of a uh, a boat. But, um, you know, it kind of has that same vibe of, like, you know, these people are just trapped in hell, basically. And uh, <laughs> there's no getting out alive. Everyone's going to die in horrible ways. And, uh, you know, just in this case, it's a, a boat instead of a spaceship. But um, mainly, though, it's that it's those those eyes being stapled up. It's yeah, it's something about eyes being stapled. That's uh, that's gross. <laughs> it's great that you bring that up, actually, because much yeah, Event Horizon, much like Project Wolf Hunting, it takes its reference on a lot of sources like this. This is from The Shining or this is Hellraiser, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and then puts him in a different setting like in space and it's just the way it combines it together it's a really entertaining and spooky piece and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you brought Event Horizon up it's actually one of my favorite Movies, yeah. yeah absolutely I, I i still i maintain that it's one of the scariest movies ever like mm. i know like it gets like a lot of laughs and stuff but like mm. i just think that movie is so scary i think it just 
it really is just filled with so much dread and like atmosphere and like yeah it, it's it's freaking crazy mm. but uh, <laughs> yeah uh i will read down our list of puzzle pieces here and uh then we'll get into some closing thoughts but we talked about men behind the sun conair ricky o the story of ricky overlord deep rising robocop brain dead jason x and jason takes manhattan uh headshot and the night comes for us the crow under siege die hard the raid morbius and bloodshot resident evil and event horizon yeah a lot of crazy movies on our list i feel like i feel like mm. that's like the number one thing here uh yeah. you know for people who haven't seen project wolf hunting like just it's nuts <laughs> the thing about project wolf hunting is that when it came out it, it was out at the same time as terrified 2 in cinemas so mm. So basically, I just encourage people at that time like to watch both of them. If you can do a double bill of Project Wolf Hunting and Terrify Two, please do. <laughs> oh, that must it's, be nuts! It's yeah, just a that's a crazy path. double feature. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's wild. Mm. Um. Wow. Do Do you have uh, any other closing thoughts on Project Wolf Hunting before we wrap it up? It might be guaranteed to be the bloodiest movie of twenty twenty three. I said that for twenty twenty two, but. In this case, I, it might be an early time to call it, but it could be the funniest movie you'll see in 2023. It's going to be this or Evil Dead, like mm, one of the two. Right. And uh, yeah, e Evil Dead Rise has its its work cut out for it to, yes. uh, to top this. So I, I agree with that statement, absolutely. Mm. Uh, man. Well, uh, Harris, this was great. Do you have another movie you watched recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Mm, I haven't been to cinemas in a couple of weeks. The last movie I saw was avatar <laughs> okay so well did you like avatar are you recommending it uh i, I do like avatar it's uh it's great to watch okay. it in 3d it's it's the high frame rate is fantastic the visual splendor is magnificent um it's basically an improvement on the first one in basically almost every way but um yeah, yeah. i would recommend avatar too i'm sorry for the lack of choices you haven't been sitting in a while <laughs> yeah fair enough well i mean you know it's got to make that two billion so let's keep recommending it until uh james gets his money you know yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh harris uh thank you so much for being here tell people again where they can find you and your writing uh yep so you can find me on my twitter account at fumomatic so f-i-o-m-m-o-m-a-t-i-c and you can find my writings from our website the au review as well as um another website called impulse gamer both australian websites that i um, frequently write to awesome well yeah again thank you so much for being here and uh hopefully we can get you back again for another episode sometime oh um i'll wait your request fantastic <laughs> I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Project Wolf Hunting. I feel like whenever I say that title, I'm saying like Goodwill Hunting. Project Wolf Hunting. 
goodwill hunting. I don't know. I need to change my cadence a little bit or something. But anyway, thanks to Harris Dang for joining me on that conversation. Uh, it was a really fun one to talk about. Hope you guys all check out the movie. And, of course, hope you're all subscribed to Piecing It Together. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you're listening right now, hit the subscribe or follow or whatever the button's called. And if there's a five-star button, I'd appreciate your rating and review. It helps get the show in front of more people, and uh, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make a, a fun movie podcast. It's a little different from all the other movie podcasts out there. There's lots of great ones out there, but it's kind of its own thing with the whole puzzle pieces angle. So uh, trying to get it in front of as many people as we can. So thanks for being out there and listening. Drop those five-star ratings. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. I already told you about the Patreon, so check that out as well. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. We got a lot of piecing it together on the way, but right now I'm going to close this out with a piece of my music. And, you know, I feel like playing something new. Uh, this is a track that I've been working on for whatever my next album ends up being. I know what my next album is going to be, but I might change my plans around a little bit. As you know, I just recently released more content, my latest album, but I've been concurrently working on music for two more albums and while uh there was a plan in place for what the first of those next two albums would be i might change things around a little bit once i start getting back to work on all this i don't know we'll see but anyway this is a song called night beat that's not done but it's close and uh i hope you like it we'll be back with more piecing it together real soon
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.